This is Off the Shelf, a podcast about books, authors, libraries, and any place that books are consumed. New books, old books, cheap books, secondhand books, we'll leave no page unturned in our efforts to bring you the ultimate read. It's summertime and a lot of people are on holidays and so have some extra time to read a good book. Conversely, some people have to work, but if you're lucky, things can be a little bit more relaxed over the summer break and there's time or room on a train to read a book or even during a break at work. Whatever position you're in, I've put together a few books that might be of interest to you to exercise your brain, your mind, or just provide some good entertainment. Some of these books are new, a couple old, and a couple secondhand. First up is The Rooster Bar by John Grisham. His current book is The Guardian, which I've got, but I haven't got around to read just yet. I don't know why, but I have an aversion to first-person storytelling. It takes me a while to get around that, so at some stage I'll come back to The Guardian. Instead, I read his book from the previous year that I had started last summer but didn't get to finish, and the name of that book is The Rooster Bar. The Rooster Bar is based on a real-life incident involving law students practising law without a licence, but that's where the real life finishes. The Rooster Bar centres around law students Mark, Todd and Zola and their deceased friend Gordon. It involves a debt scheme scam to fleece unwitting students signing up for a law degree. It involves unscrupulous legal practitioners of all kinds, shady government officials and shonky deals. As circumstances unfold, the three law students find themselves practising law and chasing clients on a day-to-day basis directly at the courthouse. Things begin to get messy and problematic when they open the big box of insurance medical malpractice. It's not the firm, the client, the Pelican Brief or A Time to Kill. John Grisham is a prolific writer and it may be unfair to say his best days are long gone, but his recent books, although readable and enjoyable, are nowhere as good as his earlier works. I've read a few John Grisham books in the last few years and they're all good, honest and exciting reads, perfect for summer. His books are full of great ideas and great scenarios and great characters and it's almost like you're reading a synopsis of a movie or you could picture the movie being made of the book. He's become a bit like James Patterson, only much better. There's enough twists and turns in the Rooster Bar to keep you interested and engaged with the characters. It's a good read by the pool or a balmy summer night or to take your mind off the train trip on the way home. The next book is About a Boy by Nick Hornby, celebrated author of High Fidelity, Fever Pitch, Juliet Naked and the excellent non-fiction book 31 Songs. Nick Hornby is one of the reasons I love to write and read. I find his style incredibly engaging and extremely funny. And now I'm going to do what Nick Hornby does. He'll start writing about one subject, such as a song, and then end up telling you about several songs. I'm going to do that with his books. So in that spirit, I'll tell you a little bit about About a Boy, and I'll tell you a little bit about Juliet Naked and even 31 Songs. I picked up About a Boy in a thrift shop in Whittlesea a few months ago for the princely price of $1. What a bargain of a great book it is. A book by Nick Hornby will give you laughter, sadness and a lot of self-reflection. And with About a Boy, there's enough change and difference in the story that those of you that have seen the film with Hugh Grant won't be bored because the storyline shifts and changes. And as with most books that are made into movies, there's always extra details and the authors always dig a little deeper to explain the characters. Juliet Naked explores the concept of superstardom and super fandom and unravels the myth of what it means to be a pop star and where the line is drawn between being a keen fan or an excessive stalker. Tucker Crow is the superstar, kind of mixed between Nick Drake, Rodriguez, Jackson C. Frank and maybe a touch of Bruce Springsteen or Kurt Cobain in there for good measure. He made a celebrated album called Juliet. 
just the one album, and at the height of his success, he quit the music business and disappeared into obscurity, myth and legend. Thus began a legion of cult-like fans searching for anything to do with Tucker Crow. The other characters in the book are superfan Duncan and his partner Annie. A lost album emerges called Juliet Naked, a stripped-back acoustic version of the Juliet album. Duncan is obsessed by it, Annie less so. All their lives become entangled as a result of the reaction of the world to Juliet Naked. Nick Hornby loves music and this is evident not just in Juliet Naked but in most of his books and the soundtrack to the movie adaptation of his books are always something to relish. Hornby's love of music is laid out for all of us to enjoy with the release of 31 Songs, a book about 31 songs. Well, the chapters are about 31 songs and yet within each chapter, as I hinted at earlier, Nick Hornby reveals many details about many songs and discusses their meaning and their impact on his life. Hornby details his love of particular songs and his fondness for others. Some songs are with him throughout his whole life and others are with him for a fleeting moment. And that's okay. We all have songs like that from our youth that live with us day to day and define who we are. And of course, there are other songs that we're, you know, that we're probably embarrassed about. Or there are songs that we like for the moment at the time that we heard them or accompanying what was going on in our life. Hornby not only accepts all this, but embraces it. His love of music is infectious and unpretentious. Whether you're a super fan of music or you just like a good, well-written book, 31 Songs is a fascinating read and perfect for summer because you don't have to read it all in one sitting. In fact, I recommend you leave it on your coffee table and pick it up from time to time and let the writing inspire your love of music. Who knows? You might even find your next favourite song. The New Year period is often a time of reflection, planning for the future and taking stock of what we've done. It's also a time to ponder. If you ever look up at the night sky and wonder how or why, then Cosmos by the late and legendary astronomer and thinker Carl Sagan might be the book for you. It was published in 1980 as a companion piece to the TV series, the show having 13 episodes and the book 13 chapters. The book and the TV series are highly respected and award-winning in both their fields. Both were instrumental in popularising complex scientific information for mainstream audiences. A whole new world, no, a whole new universe was now open to anyone with a desire to learn, to seek meaning and understanding of the connection and impact of science and civilization. The book is packed with stunning pictures and easy to read yet highly engaging text that leave you in awe of life itself. I picked up my first edition of the book for a dollar at an op shop along the Ballerine Peninsula en route to the magnificent Jack Rabbit Winery. It was the perfect companion piece to a beautiful meal, lovely glass of wine, stunning vista and a heavenly gaze, wondering what it's all about. Tucked away in the book were two things. One, a Christmas gift ticket to Dad with love, David. I always wonder about these things you find in books from secondhand stores. Who was Dad? Did he enjoy the book? What was it about Dad that Dave thought he would enjoy the book for? I love inscriptions and left-behind inserts in the books I get from secondhand bookstores and op shops. They add to the mystery and wonders of books. At the beginning of Chapter 2, I found a magnetic bookmark, beautifully inscripted with a quote by Helen Keller. The best and most beautiful things in the world cannot be seen or even touched. They must be felt with the heart. Isn't that a perfect summation of not only Cosmos, but books in general? Everyone wants to be happy, don't they? Especially heading into a new year, we like to make plans and approach life with a happy mindset. The Happiness Advantage by Sean Acor proposes that happiness rather than performance fuels success at work. Sean Acor is a celebrated speaker and author. I was first introduced to him via the TED Talks that you see online, where people uh, get up and talk about a particular subject unscripted, 
and uh, engage with the audience. He spoke about the benefits of fostering happiness in our daily lives. He advocates happiness as not only an essential well-being tool, but our secret weapon to success at work. The book is very well researched and cites numerous studies conducted in the world of positive psychology that demonstrate happiness as a key component of success and one that creates a high level of trust with work colleagues, customers and clients. Acor has taken all of his academic study, global research and corporate experience and created seven principles to guide the reader. Although a complex subject, Acor explains it all in a rambling, easy-to-read style sprinkled with a little humour and details about his own background. If you're keen to implement some New Year resolutions, this could be the book to kickstart your happiness and success. Hey, if you're reading something interesting this summer, why not share it with me? Leave a note on the Facebook page. Just search for at Off The Shelf Podcast. Happy New Year to you all and happy reading.